Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. We're here with Anthony Nieves. He's the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's non-manufacturing report on business. You'll recall that we frequently have on Brad Holcomb, who does the manufacturing report on business. His counterpart is Anthony Nieves, who does the non-manufacturing report, which, you know, those two sectors feed each other here in the U.S. economy. So, Anthony, welcome back again to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you for having me on the show. We always appreciate your input, and it looks like you've got a pretty positive report uh, this month. Please share some of it with our listeners. Well, the NMI for the report, uh, which is the composite index, came in at 57.2, which is the same month over month, same reading as in November, uh, which matches the uh, high that we've had for the index since uh, October 2015. So uh, really strong reading uh, for the non-manufacturing report uh, for the month of December. So you've got three sections which we often hear Brad talk about, business activity, new orders, and employment. Are those above previous readings, or where are they at? Well, when we look at business activity, it's off ever so slightly uh, month over month. It's at 61.4 when compared to the 61.7 that was reported in November. And I should mention uh, as I'm going through this that business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries, that is the in, those are the indexes that make up the composite index, each weighted at uh, 25%. So with business activity down ever so slightly, a 0.3 percentage point, new orders had a very nice uh, increase, uh, 4.6 percentage points to the 61.6 up from 57. Now that was offset on the drawback for employment. Employment at 53.8 is down from the 58.2. It's down 4.4 percentage points, as I mentioned. And it's a good indicator for this sector. Uh, employment, I always say, as employment goes, that's how this sector goes. But we have to keep in mind that employment, as it increased going into the holiday season, we're still reflecting growth month over month. It was just a little bit uh, you know, backwards just because of that period of time during the holiday season where people are taking off, there's vacations, uh, there's a wane in the retail sector as they're hiring. Uh, so there's many factors involved, but still, as I mentioned, reflecting growth month over month. I always like to try to <clears throat> remind our listeners that these reports are kind of roll-up numbers, so anything above 50 is expansion. So employment at 53.8 is still expanding. Is that right, Anthony? Absolutely, yes, and uh, that's a good point. We have to also keep in mind that the baseline changes every single month because that 50 reflects growth, uh, anything above 50, as you mentioned. But if you come in at 50, it just means that it was unchanged from the prior month. So you're always measuring change month over month. So that bar is continuously moving up or down, and that's where your starting point is when you're measuring for that for that particular month. Okay, okay. I see that uh, supplier deliveries uh pretty much the same from the previous month. Same rate. Uh, it's... Uh, 
it's not an unchanged reading. It's just the same rate of delivery slowing. So at 52, uh, again, the deliveries are slowing a little bit as above that 50 baseline, but at the same rate as uh, the prior month of November. And how about inventories? We often hear from Brad that uh, businesses like to pare down inventories as they approach the end of the year so they don't have cash tied up in inventory. I'm assuming that's the same for non-manufacturing. Absolutely. There's uh, always the cash liquidity factor and that uh, as inventory is sitting on the shelf, it's just money tied up. And in non-manufacturing, you tend to see more demand pull. Uh, it's definitely as, as supply managers, well, I should say not just non-manufacturing. I, I know that many companies you know, are practicing that in, in, not in the manufacturing sector as well. The demand pull being that anything on the shelf, they want it out of there. Uh, it's uh, just in time uh, versus just in case. And uh, so with inventories having a slight uptick, 0.5 percentage point, uh, that's expected, especially with the buildup uh, for the holiday season. Okay. Now, I'm also seeing in your report and the same thing we saw in Brad's report, although it was a bit more dramatic in the, uh, manu in the manufacturing report on business, and that is an increase in prices. Where is that going? The increase in prices for non-manufacturing is mostly attributed to fuel costs. Um, and as the oh. price of oil increases, and it all is a timing thing, as who's hedging, who's forward buying, and at what particular point in time. So there's many factors involved. But as we saw the fuel rise ever so slightly, it impacted, uh, you know, petroleum, petroleum-based products all were impacted. Um, and we're seeing, a, and, and this was mentioned, I guess, in the past for the manufacturing, and I'm not as attuned as to what's going on in the manufacturing side, but I see the carryover into the non-manufacturing. We see copper. We see metals. We see uh, price increases there as well. Um, do I think we're approaching inflation at this point in time? Not so much in the non-manufacturing sector. Um, I think um, that just remains to be seen, see where interest rates go. But overall, uh, prices have been holding uh, fairly steady as far as their rate of increase uh, when you look back through the course of the year. Okay. And the backlog of orders, explain that to our listeners because that's you know, moved uh, into a contracting phase, but I, I'm not sure that that's negative. So if you can explain that. Sure. And it, it isn't a negative, but you always like to see that nice backlog buildup as the demand is outpacing, outpaces uh, capacity requirements. What we're seeing here is we had such a buildup for handling any kind of capacity in the supply chain that the efficiencies were such that there are no back orders. It's, it's contracting, went the other direction. And uh, so that just speaks uh, volumes toward capacity utilization by the respective companies and industries that comprise this sector. And I think part of it has to do with the gear up and having strong channels of distribution and uh, everything else associated with the supply chain for the non-manufacturing sector. It is interesting to me, Anthony, that new export orders continue to be an expansion territory in the face of a very strong dollar. So the, your report is still showing it growing, right? Yes, and I think it's you know it's a different type of export that you see in non-manufacturing versus manufacturing. More on the manufacturing side, you see more of the tangible goods, uh, whereas on the non-manufacturing side, you're seeing things such as services, um, technology, 
knowledge management as it relates to professional scientific technical services, management and consultant of companies, consultation of companies. This all is about uh, that intellectual base, that, that knowledge management, and there is uh, more, uh, how would you say, leeway in regards to the pricing component of that versus when you're tied to a tangible good, a raw material that has uh, uh, some associated cost to it, fixed cost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, imports, I see, are, uh, are kind of uh, sitting right at 50. Is that is this reflection in employment and imports a uh, reaction to the retail selling season in November and December, or is that adjusted out of the report? There are seasonal adjustments uh, for employment and for imports, and when you look at the 50, which reflects that the rate of growth was unchanged, uh, so everything was pretty much the same month over month, and um, it's unchanged, rather. And so when you look at imports, and it specifically toward this, you know, geared toward this holiday season where uh, the strength is in the beginning, uh, build up from November, and then as it goes into the holidays of December because of cycle time, there's a pullback as far as um, the amount of volume that you see going on with imports, especially with the lead time associated with imports, as most of that is coming over uh, freight, water freight. So um, that's where it's not unexpected to see that come, uh, you know, pull back a little bit there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anthony, what are your respondents feeling in this sector? You know, the election is over and we're all grateful regardless of the outcome. We're all grateful it's over and maybe we won't hear a political commercial until uh, February. Uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the sector feeling about now as they approach this new administration and uh, this new year? Yeah, the respondents' comments are mostly positive about the business conditions and the overall economy. As you know, going through all the various comments, uh, and I was asked this question uh, by the media earlier today uh, multiple times in regards to uh, is this a psychological result of the election and perhaps a new policy going forward? And you know, you know, we can't really read that far into it from this report, but I will say based on experience and based on some of these comments that we're receiving, that there is a, a definitely a, an effect on the psyche here, and it's driven by what's going on in the stock market. Stock market's up. Companies' valuations increase. Um, it's all about uh, – we see it with capital expenditures being uh, released uh, for year-end and possibly going forward into 2017. So there is always a psychological component, that whole confidence, whether it be on the consumer side or the business side, commercial side. I think that all plays into it um, as far as the politics and the political aspect of it. You know, it's it's more about, I think, change, and there is certain euphoria that's associated with change, uh, albeit we still have to see execution. So that's my mm-hmm. middle of the road, uh, you know, political perspective, regardless of my own right. personal thoughts and feelings. But looking at it from that straight business perspective, um, people are looking at it as, you know, we are doing something different, and there's policies that are thrown out there to deal with fair trade and, you know, keeping uh, products uh, domestic and manufacturing domestic. So we'll see uh, see how it pans out. But I think that definitely had a 
you know, an effect on uh, what we're seeing here. What that percentage of contribution is toward these numbers, it's hard to say. Um, you know, sure. it's all about the sentiment. Right, right. Well, I know that you mentioned capital expenditures, and that's an area that our show sponsor, All Metals and Forge Group, is always interested in because they make a lot of forgings that go into uh, machinery and equipment, uh, not so much in your sector except for mining and uh, oil and gas, which is a big, big sector. Um, what kind of movement are you seeing in capital expenditures as compared to maybe your December 8 forecast that uh, you and Mr. Holcomb recently released? Well, we had such a huge uh, forecast and results coming in for uh, 2016, and that kind of waned as we saw the forecast, uh, the projections for 2017, it came off, but they were so high in both sectors. I don't remember the exact percentages off the top of my head, but I know they were, you know, double digit. Uh, and, you know, typically we see uh, forecasts and capital expenditures more along that 3 to 4% range. And for 2016, having uh, projected that it would be in double digit and resulted in double digit, it's just um, uh, aligned with what, we, what, what our respondents had projected in the first place. So overall, CapEx, um, you know, it, it was we had one industry that reported that it was tightening due to the end of the year budgets, but for the most part, uh, the respondent comments, uh, the majority of them were that we're releasing uh, capital money and we're spending everything uh, within our fiscal period uh, before year end. And um, you know, again, as I look at new orders, perhaps some of that may carry over into 2017. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that uh, Brad Holcomb-Weiss talks about a correlation between his report and GDP. I don't know that we've actually had you share your correlation between your report and GDP. So what, is, what does it look like in terms of your report and uh, what's happening with GDP? That's a great question, and uh, we do measure that when we look at the past relationship between the NMI and the overall economy. And it indicates that this reading at 57.2, the composite reading, corresponds to a 3.3% increase in uh, GDP. And that's in line with uh, everything we're seeing. I think the forecasts by economists going into the fourth quarter were less optimistic. They were saying it was around 2.2%. Now with us showing a 33 and I think the actual, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm going off the top of my head, was about 32 So it's right in the same ballpark there. So overall, uh, this has been a very strong uh, fourth quarter and finish to the year, not just for non-manufacturing, but for the overall economy. I would agree. Um, we're looking at uh, 2017, and you've done your forecast for 2017. Uh, do you recall from that forecast report, Anthony, what kind of GDP you're looking at going into 2017 for the year? You know, we, we did not project the GDP um, because the report is measuring a little bit differently from not having indexes in that forecast to correlate okay. against. But I can tell you we do look at business revenues, and business revenues were projected not to be um, as strong as what we have seen in somewhat in the past, more uh, going a little bit sideways around that 3% range for uh, forecast on business revenues. But... Um, from what all indications are, there is still optimism, and uh, you know forecasts and projections are just that. So we'll have to see uh, you know how that uh, 
plays out in 2017. Now, the non-manufacturing sector, just for uh, kind of a refresher course for our listeners, includes what, Anthony? Well, you have 18 industries that make up the non-manufacturing sector. And when you look at those industries, and, um, you know, I can actually uh, uh, look at the actual list, but there's accommodation and food services are in there. Uh, you have construction. You have mining, which you had mentioned before. And uh, you have uh, uh, the uh, professional scientific and technical services. You have architecture uh, and construction in there. You have uh, agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting. Um, so there's a, a number of service-type industries that comprise the non-manufacturing sector. Okay. And it's, uh, I guess from your measures, it's, about 80% of GDP, is that right? And that's that's a, a safe a safe uh, estimate. Some put it higher, but I always like to say it's around that 80%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the forecast that you did for uh, 2017 for the non-manufacturing sector, and Brad does, of course, the manufacturing sector, is there anything out there that could hurt the non-manufacturing sector that's not currently on the radar screen? Any surprises that might be lurking? Well, you know, I hate to say it, that, but the, the only, uh, what I see uh, as far as potential is that if we have any uh, catastrophes as it relates to uh, hurricanes, earthquakes, um, that tends to, as we've had in the past, weather, you know, affects the supply chain. Natural disaster affects the supply chain. Acts of terrorism affects the supply chain. So these are the only pitfalls that I see out there, uh, and that, that is a wide range or a wide scope. But uh, you know, God forbid, you know, we don't have any uh, any of, the, of those type of things uh, transpire in 2017. But that could definitely uh, put a glitch on um, you know positive movement going forward for this sector. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the sector, is there any area, and, and I want to touch on, uh, on mining and uh, oil and gas, that looks particularly strong, and the reason I mentioned mining and oil and gas, they've been weak for uh, 18 months or so. How are they looking going forward? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because mining had kept um, – this this sector down uh, when you were when we look back on growth and if we had 14 of the 18 industries growing or 16 of the 18 industries reflecting growth mining was always that one or two that was not reflecting growth uh, and that was the case for just about the whole entire year except for the last you know uh, two three months we saw mining uh, pick itself up from from uh, contraction all throughout, and uh, it's been on the growing side. So that's, uh, it's, that's that bodes well for that particular industry where they've been so uh, depressed uh, through the course of the year. Oh, that's encouraging. How about oil and gas? You know, we, we always are watching gas prices at the pump, and I watch them on uh, the markets to see what's happening with uh, gas prices and Brent crude and What's happening in that sector? Is that beginning to get legs again? Uh, it's, again, that was pretty weak in 2016. Oh, for sure. Uh, what we what we saw the most uh, impact uh, for that particular industry had to do with 
um, with the deflated uh, fuel prices, uh, they were not spending any capex. They were not doing any, uh, you know, reinvestment in their companies, and the cash flow was tied. And that loss of revenue on the top end uh, just really uh, hurt their uh, spending, and uh, they were just cutting back. And we saw it throughout. Um, our respondents were commenting how uh, it was affecting them because of the interrelation uh, in the supply chain, upstream and downstream. Uh, construction was uh, affected by it. Uh, financial institutions were affected by it, and this was uh, direct comments from our respondents. Interesting, interesting. Well, I'm glad those sectors are beginning to show some strength again. They they have really been in the doldrums, and obviously this has been reflected in your report. Um, is there anything else in particular for this December report or from the December forecast, Anthony, you'd like to share with our audience in terms of the overall? I think the, the, the thing that always comes to question uh, was the strength of the dollar and how it affected imports and exports. And, um, and interesting enough that we saw that exports grew in the manufacturing uh, sector, and they also, uh, even though it grew at a slower rate, we've had growth for export orders um, uh, throughout the year for non-manufacturing. And I always like to touch on the fact that it's not so much what you see in the manufacturing side with uh, produced product, tangible goods. This is more on the intellectual side. We see it in the knowledge management, whether it be uh, technology, you know, information systems, uh, management of companies and, and the consulting, uh, professional scientific and technical services. Those are the areas that we see, and there's less um, – uh, correlation to a raw material cost, so you have more leeway uh, on side of the pricing and how you can get a little more creative in pricing things out. So I don't think the currency issue was as much a play uh, for exports and non-manufacturing as it would be on the manufacturing side. Okay, okay. Well, Anthony, happy happy New Year to you. We certainly appreciate you contributing to uh, the content on Manufacturing Talk Radio, and appreciate you taking the time to be with us again today. Well, thanks for having me on the show, as always. We always appreciate uh, Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Non-Manufacturing Report on Business. He's from the Institute for Supply Management, and you can find them at instituteforsupplymanagement.org, where you will find this report and the Manufacturing Report. We encourage you to download both reports, give them a thorough read-through, Terrific information. I have to say that uh, our show sponsor, on Melton Ford Group, has followed the manufacturing report for over 40 years, and it really has been consistently reflective of what is happening in the industry. I absolutely believe the non-manufacturing report is exactly the same way. If you want to get a sense of where things are at the moment and where they've been and give yourself a feel for where they're going, Get in touch with these reports for the Institute for Supply Management. Terrific information, and we always appreciate their contribution. And that wraps us up for this segment on the Non-Manufacturing Report on Business and Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at msgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.